Welcome, beautiful people, and thank you for joining us on Till the Wheels Fall Off, a podcast by Two Folk Couple. I'm Matt. And I'm Paige. And we're here to inspire others, to bring you guys into our lives and tell you a little bit about our journey. Over 20 years together, we've learned a few things. We're going to work toward being the best version of yourself possible. We're going to dig into building a positive mindset, discuss mental health, addiction recovery, improving fitness, building businesses, and insight into what it takes to navigate life today. Welcome to another episode of Till the Wheels Fall Off. Today, we are going to talk about anxiety. Ooh, scary. Yay! Something that a lot of us have, right? So what is it? It's a feeling of being worried, nervous, uneasy, um, basically the fear of the future, and feeling like things are out of your control. So I've struggled with anxiety since I was a kid. Um, I was pretty shy, and it caused stomach issues and all that fun stuff. Um, and it got really bad when I was about 19, um, due to certain circumstances in my life. Like what? (laughs) Certain people in my life. (laughs) Me? Uh, no, not you. You know what though? I was actually taking diet pills at that time. Now that I think about it. Oh, it was over the counter ones at the gas station. Yes. Remember they were like red. I think they were called like stingers or something. Yes. Like, like what were they called? I don't remember what they were called, but they were like intense. And people with anxiety do not do well with caffeine or any type of stimulant because our heart rate is already like up. Yellow as it jackets is. or something? It was something like that. I but, remember those things. Truck drivers used to take them too. Yeah. So that just like amplified my entire issue. So I had panic attacks and anxiety has always been just a big problem of mine. But I've been able to deal with it within the past, what, five years, I think? Yeah. You've, yeah. I'd say five years is about right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but what happens when you get anxiety? Like your heart rate gets really, really fast. You start sweating. Um, you might tense up a lot. Like I tense up a lot whenever I am like super anxious. Um, you might get headaches and sometimes you'll, you know, even go into full blown panic attacks. Matt, do you know how any of this feels? One time. (laughs) One time I had a panic attack and it was because I took too many magic mushrooms. Yeah. But what about anxiety though? <laughs> like you seem to have not ever understood anxiety. You've never understood it with me. Have I mean, you- I understand anxiety to a degree like in a, like, okay, from 30,000 feet, I understand what it's like to be anxious, but typically the way that anxiety flows in and out of me, um, I feel like a lot of it's within my control. Like uh, a big one for me, like, I uh, think about college was like, Test anxiety. It's like a pretty common form of anxiety that a lot of people get. Like our, like uh, what do they call it? Uh, white coat white syndrome. White coat syndrome. Before yes, you go to I the doctor, that. a lot mm-hmm. of people get anxious because they're unsure of the results they're going to get for the work that they put forth. Most of the time when it comes to a test, it's like my, I, I fear like, did I not study enough? Did I not study the right stuff? Am I just going to get in there and freeze and bomb this thing? And then at some point, I guess I make a decision like, it is what it is. I guess uh, we'll see what happens. And then I just go into it. doesn't mean I don't get scared. I just, it never goes past that for me. It never goes past this level of like the physical symptoms that that come on with people with, with, you know, like serious anxiety. Well, aren't you just so lucky? I guess so. I mean, I've got my own stuff, I guess I got to deal with, which is, yeah, I'd no. rather have anxiety sometimes. I guess. Well, and then I think about too, though, since you, you know, you're our recovering alcoholic and, and drug addict, did, did you ever have anxiety when you were using? 
Like, was it a coping mechanism for you whenever you were taking drugs or was that other stuff? It was other stuff. Like I, I didn't use to cure feelings of anxiety. I used to cure, I didn't want to grow up. And a lot of it was just like this dread of feeling like I wasn't necessarily what I wanted to be in life, but I didn't want to put forth the effort either. I didn't want to deal with a lot of the heavy stuff that happened when I was a kid. And so okay. the easiest way to go about that was just to go numb. And so that's how I dealt with it. But okay. I, I guess in a sense that's anxiety, but it's different than what I've watched you go through right. over the years where right. for you, it's been, it's been literally visceral at times where like your stomach will get upset and you will have these outward reactions where you're visibly shaken mm-hmm. and it's like you've lost control of your body and yes. it's, it's different. It's just different. It doesn't mean I don't get worried about things. It, believe me, like, I don't know, like for me, work. I get anxiety around work. Like if you run a business, you know, the feeling of like, I don't know. I don't know. Any business owner that gets to work in the morning doesn't feel like they could go out of business the next day. Yeah. And there's always an uncertainty involved with that. Like what, what could change economically tomorrow that's going to affect my company and my, my ability to provide for my family and my employees and everybody else. Like that's scary from time to time. But once again, it's out of my control. And I guess I kind of just give that control up. It's not, it's not something I need to fret about. It's not something I have direct control over. And the things I have right. direct control over, I tend to you know, manage those as best I can. Okay. So I'm, I just want to talk about things that like cause me anxiety today and what irrational anxiety looks like, if that makes sense. Irrational anxiety. Quote unquote irrational. Right. One person's right. rationals. Another man's irrational. Right. Yes, it's relative, right? It's relative to everybody. Right. So things for me that cause anxiety would be, you know, sending my kids to school um, on the first day because there have been school shootings. That you is know? scary. It, today, that is like today a that is fear from time genuine. To time. Yes, it is a fear. Um, I I, proce- I did process yeah. it the first day, and then now I'm kind of like okay, and I still have the fear, but I don't let it consume me at all. I really don't. Um, being a passenger in your car, that gives me the most anxiety ever these days. Blows my mind too, because I've got a really good track record of driving Miss Daisy. I've been driving you around since we were 15 years old. And we did get in one accident that was all your fault. I wasn't paying attention. All right. No, happens. you were not paying attention. How old were we? Oh my gosh. I, 17? 16, 17. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. It was on 75 and you rear ended up somebody and it was, uh, it was kind of scary. Yeah, but you but also... But that was many, many years you ago. You mowed over a jack-in-the-box sign. Yeah, I did. I really have no room to talk. And I was in the passenger seat, and I don't freak out when you're driving. Yeah. So that's another thing that gives me anxiety. Things that I are not in my control. Um, also, being around people who make me uncomfortable, who I feel like um, kind of question me as a person and my values and things like that, that gives me anxiety, which is kind of crazy because I should just be proud of who I am and not allow that to affect me. But... It gives me anxiety. Um, going into crowded places with the kids because you never know when somebody can pull out a gun. That gives me anxiety. But I don't allow it to consume me or stop me from going places. Does that make sense? Like, Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but it is a thought. It is certainly a thought that kind of wanders in the brain and causes some angst. Yes, which I feel is natural for humans to to feel that way. Especially in 2022. Right. This is something that people have always had to deal with. It's yeah. a new problem. Right. Um, what, can you think of anything else that might give me anxiety these days? 
Uh, not not back in the day. What gives me anxiety storms now? Storms do from time to time. Sometimes they do. Yes, I was always scared of tornadoes and things like that. Uh, so it, it gives me a bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, storms have caused you anxiety. Uh, I, th- I think the biggest one for you tends to be people putting you on the spot and making you defend yourself. Yes. Like that's a big one for you. Right. So sometimes it's confrontation can cause like, or the, the prospect of confrontation mm-hmm. causes you a great amount of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, whether it be confronting, like you don't do it with me. You are more than happy to bring up some stuff that I've done and Heck confront yeah. my ass. But <laughs> I think about strangers or other parents or teachers and other adults where you're not sure how they're going to react. You've never been in a confrontation with them before. And sometimes like, I will ask you like, Hey, would you reach out to one of the kids teachers and just ask them this question? You're like, no, I'm like, why? And you just don't really have an answer for me. And then it clicks like, oh, okay, she's just anxious about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got this one. Okay. So it's stuff like that. Like right. it used to be calling in orders at like fast food restaurant type places. Yep. You did not want to have to talk to somebody in the event that they asked you a question and you stumbled and felt stupid. Right. It's so silly. Like that was another one. I think this caused you anxiety, like some really general strange things that I'll see. And it's kind of cute in some ways but i'm sure it's also torturous in your mind and so i don't mean to make light of it but it's kind of funny because they're so like there's not important these are like mundane tasks that people do and yeah possibilities that could happen like i'm on the phone a hundred times a day and i screw up all the time but it's not a big deal you know right it's like it's bigger in our minds we think that people are gonna think we're ridiculous or we're stupid but the fact of the matter is like everyone makes mistakes it's not a big deal yeah it's about perspective i guess for me that's the difference mm-hmm. i don't know you I don't know. You're perfectionist. It's hard to be a perfectionist, isn't it? Isn't isn't it hard to be perfect, Paige? Yes, it is. (laughs) That's where a lot of that comes from. It's the expectation you put on yourself to be perfect. It does. And and that's true. Does that mean you also place an expectation on others to be perfect? Uh, Just a thought. You don't have to answer that. (laughs) (laughs) Depends on the For another day. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What are some other things, though? Um, Let's see. I used to be scared of flying. Yeah, you can't. It's so weird to me because, like, you you freak out when we're driving. Uh-huh. But I've asked you before, I'm like, you'll sit in a plane. You ain't freaking I, out on the I pilot every two seconds. I used to be very seconds. scared to fly, but I've flown so much that that's, been in that's a car what I'm a getting to. More. Like, you do things more and more, then the anxiety goes away. The problem is that people get so stuck in not doing what makes them scared that the anxiety is just always going to be there. But if you keep doing something over and over again that scares you that anxiety will eventually lighten up. So one of these days you're going to be cool riding in a car. No. (laughs) All right. So forget all that stuff. She just said, (laughs) that's a good point. Uh, I I think it depends. No, dang it. Now I've really got a question. Me riding in the car with you. That's the reason we do this. This is why we do this. This is for us too, right? That was my plan all along. We started this thing from the get go. I was going to, this is it. Well here, I'm going to talk about things that make a lot of people very anxious but for me and like matt personally too i guess we don't really look think twice about it like it does not makes it make us anxious at all like we don't have a fear of you know a burglar coming into our house uh-uh. at any time i mean i guess it's a possibility but i don't ever think about it but really. we don't we are not anxious about it we don't consume our thoughts with it like but it's not there's also a difference and i'm not Believe me, I'm not a behavioral scientist. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but there's a difference between neurotic types of anxiety and just general anxiety, I think. Yes. So like more neurotic behavior, which is really, it's, it's an unconscious effort to like manage 
deep-seated anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that like a burglar coming into your house every night is sort of neurotic. Right. Or some like sex. I mean, it happens to people. I don't mean to like undermine this at all, but. No. If you, I, I, I break it down to like, show me, I don't know, let's, let's get an actuarial out, or an actuary out here and show me the probability of this actually happening to me. Right. Or so like a sex trafficker getting at my kids. Like I know that happens to people. Don't get me wrong. Like, but it's not a like genuine, like on my doorstep fear necessarily. Yes. Even though I know this happens, like I'll send my kids down the street to a friend's house and I'm not freaking out the entire time. Yeah, like, exactly. It crosses my mind from time to time. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not neurotic about it. Right. We don't let it take over our lives, but there's so many of us who do allow anxiety to take over everything that we do every single day. Yeah. I think that there have been times in your life where this was the case. Yes, it was. And I, I had to seek professional help because of it. How did you learn to manage the more neurotic types of anxiety? Um, was it just a matter of perspective? I think it was. Does it work that way? I don't know. You can explain to somebody who's neurotic that the probability of this happening is so low. You have a better chance of getting hit by lightning, blah, 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 you blah. You have to change your mindset. You have to change the way you think about things. You have to stop putting fake scenarios in your head. So when they do arise, them. do you just tell yourself, do you have a process that you kind of run through? That says, I, I do. Sometimes okay, I just breathe to stop those thoughts. So I'm focusing on the breathing instead of these intrusive thoughts that are going into my brain. Does logic help? Because I've tried to fight this with logic for years. Not in the moment. It does not, especially when it comes to panic attacks, like logic does not work in that situation. No, it does not. Um, It's like a runaway train when that happens. It just, you just know, stopping it. But also, you know, I started reading more books like in about problems, like, what is wrong with me? I started reading things to try to understand <laughs> why I am the way I am. And sometimes that helps. Um, I pray more than I used to, you know, I found a higher power that helped me. Yeah. Meditations helped a lot too. Yes. Um, and therapy. <laughs> yeah. Therapy goes, therapy is so helpful, man. It goes, <laughs> it's excellent for the mind, body, and soul. It It, it goes a long way, but I mean, there have been times in our relationship over the last 20 years where it sort of comes in waves where you'll kind of have anxious episodes and then you'll kind of fade from that. You'll have anxious episodes and you'll fade from that. And I I haven't walked in your shoes, so I don't know what it feels like to be anxious. But I know for me, something I discovered when I decided to, to get clean and sober, um, there's a, a book in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. We just call it the big book. It's just a blue book called Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's, it's, it's full of incredible information. It's, it's a blueprint for living for people like me that didn't know how to do it on my own. I think it's great for anybody who lives (laughs) just in general, in general. I mean, I've always said that it could be applied to really anybody or anything, but uh, in the back of the book, there are personal accounts of what, a journey to sobriety and a happy life look like. And there's one called acceptance was the answer. And I read this when I was in treatment. This is back in 2013. And the first time I wrote it, read it, it was like everything around me just stopped. Like time had stopped. And it was like, I had just, I realized at that moment, I just, just the gravity, what I was reading, it was the most important thing I'd ever read. The most moving thing I'd ever read up until that time in my life. And probably to this day still, it's, it's been so crucial to me and in my recovery that I actually got it tattooed on my ribs. It's tattooed on my ribs. It says acceptance is the answer. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder of this very passage. I mean, I have it memorized, 
Um, on page 417 in the big book, I think it's a fourth edition. There's a story called acceptance was the answer. It's this beautiful story about this woman and, and, and her journey to sobriety, but there's this couple paragraphs and it says, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. That was huge for me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to concentrate on what needs to be changed in the world. I just need to focus on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. Sort of like our discussion on keeping our side of the street clean. This, this runs it's hand in hand with that. This coincides with the same information is that I was so busy worrying about why the traffic was bad and who caused this and what and an controlling idiot it. and trying to control it yeah. as opposed to just looking at my side of this and saying like the world is just the world. My attitude is what sucks right now. Yep. I just need to focus on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitude, not on what needs to be changed in the world because the world just is. Right. And a lot of the, the things that cause me angst and I guess anxiety, um, but just this feeling of discontent, discontentedness, this, this solved it for me. Like mm -hmm. this is my recovery summed up in really a paragraph and it's crucial to me. That was, that was a big piece of it for me. And so there is a spiritual component to it to an extent. And we don't, we're not going to, we're not going to get big on religion on this podcast ever or, or God in general, or what you feel or don't feel about it. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. These are, these are, this is a mindset type podcast, but we will touch on it from time to time and say that we do have a spiritual life. It probably doesn't look like the average spiritual life. <laughs> Very uh, true. A lot of times I'll meet with people in recovery and we'll sit down and we'll talk about, you know, cause the basis of the 12 steps is a spiritual program, but it's spiritual. It's not religious. And so my path to spirituality is kind of like this hodgepodge of, uh, Eastern philosophy and ideas. It's got some some Western based stuff to it, but it's very think more Taoist, Buddhist stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it does have some, some Christian foundations. Um, and it works for me. It's what worked for me. You know, yeah. a lot of people will say, well, that's, that's incorrect. That's not the way it works. This is the way to find a higher power or God or whatever it may be. And I'll say to them, listen, dude, I've tried everything and I'm like 10 years sober. So don't right. tell me what's right and what's wrong because this works for me. And this is what helped me with my anxiety as well. It is like we had talked for a long, long time about like, what's, what's the cure for this. And without me really saying it, I was like, you know, you should try meditation. Right. And that was a way of saying, you should try to get in touch with whatever it is that's out there Yes. or not out there. You should just reach a higher state of mind so that you understand your reality and your perception of it more. Mm -hmm. And let's just focus on the things that we can control, not so much the things that we can't. Yeah. We focus on the things we can't control and anxiety tends to be the result. That's, yeah. that's what neurotic, neurotic behavior is. It's an unconscious effort to manage deep seated anxiety. Yeah. And we end up worried about, you know, 3am in the morning, we, we wake up 
and our eyes are wide open. We're like, oh my God, the burglar's coming in the house. Come get me. Yeah. It's like, man, we live out in the middle of nowhere. Chances of that are like slim to none. Right. Like there's a better chance of like a coyote getting in the house than there is a burglar probably. Right. You know? And no amount of worrying is going to change whatever happens. It's really not. Like you can do some prep to ensure that you can stay right. strapped or whatever you want to do. Right. You can lock your doors. You can have an alarm system, whatever. But it just at that, the end that's of the it. day, is that that's... something that you want to occupy your brain? No. Is that something you want to occupy your brain? Is that mm-hmm. something that you want to worry about? And you're going to spend these finite hours of your life concerned about? Is that what's really important right now? Right. Like, no. Like there are some things that are. Believe me, there are. And like there's some real things that we have to deal with now, especially as parents, when it comes to school safety and and all that. But it, even then, like. What are we going to do? Yep. You know, what are you going to do about it? You can choose to take action. Like say you can homeschool your kids. A lot of people have chosen to do that and that's, that's their decision. And that's what makes them feel safe and makes them feel like they've got some level of control. That's great. The rest of us kind of roll the dice every time we put our kids in the bus and it's yep. scary, you know, but we've learned how to manage that in our own way. I yeah. think that it's crucial to learn how to do stuff like that, especially today's age where it seems like every day there's some new problem that we've never had before. And it's crazy. And it's like every day we have to learn how to manage a, a, a new crazy thing. And you mentioned this earlier. So social media algorithms are insidious in a lot of ways. Yeah. And they're after our weaknesses. Yeah, for so sure. you know a lot more about how the social media monster works than me. So brief, right. just briefly talk right before we close this out about how to prevent this crap from entering your world. How do you filter it? Okay. Well, if you're on social media all the time and you're looking at things that are, you know, negative or scary or the news or things like that, anytime that you engage in those types of posts, you're going to keep seeing those types of posts. You're not going to see the positive side or anything different because the internet is tracking the things that you are doing. And so if you want to get away from the negativity and try to not focus on things that are going on in the world. Don't watch the news. Don't click on all the new, you know, clickbait on social media. That's going to take you to the bad things that are happening in the world. Sometimes ignorance is bliss and it's okay Sometimes to it detach is, from that. It really, it, it is. Don't I don't watch the news. Every problem in the world. Yeah, I don't watch the news, you know, same like with COVID and things like that. I, we, we were not worried I at all like during that time. Well, I think in the early came. days everyone was, and, of then, course, and then you kind of, of course, then you kind of put together everything. You're like, okay, so here's where we're at. We did not let it consume us, though. No, like, it didn't. It was like if this happens, if our family gets sick, and it happens, it happens. We're gonna do the best thing that we can to try to prevent things from happening. But that's as far as it goes. It is not going to consume our minds worrying about fake scenarios that you don't even know is going to happen because all you have is right now, today, this moment, that's it. Yeah. You can, what if the world to death and oh something I've always said is if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. Yeah. Like we can, what if all day long, you know, it's, and it's, there are some scenarios where you can, what if, but there are most of them. It's like, okay, no, it's still out of your control. You do what you can do and then move on. Is it worth your peace of mind? Look at the reality of the situation, not what if, such, such and such happen over and over again. Yeah. What if I didn't worry about that and I could just be happy right That's now? That's the thing too. Like going to the doctor's office, you know, you're scared that something's going to come up and you know, something's going to be wrong with you. What if the next time you go to a doctor's appointment, you think, what if everything's okay? What if my blood work comes up at great? Because no matter what you think, whatever happens, happens. So there's no need to worry about something that has not even occurred yet. Yeah. And a lot of times there are solutions for the smaller things that we worry about. There are solutions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here and say that you get blood work back that shows you've got 
a pretty serious illness. Okay. Yeah. I understand you're going to be a little upset by that, but you know, what do you do then? You just manage it, you manage it, you fight, you do what you got to do. But before you get the news, yes. Why? Like it's suffering twice. Anxiety, worry is like suffering twice. You suffer before you get the news, then you get to suffer after if you do get the bad news. Right. Most of the time we don't though. It's like the Mark Twain quote from one of our first episodes, you know, mm-hmm. I've lived a thousand tragedies in my life and a couple of them actually happened. Right. It's, it's, it's wild what we can do with our minds and what we can, the kind of trouble we can cause ourselves for no good reason at all. Yeah. So if any of y'all are struggling with anxiety or feel like it is completely consuming you, please reach out because, you know, we've been there. I've, I've promised you I've been medicated. I've been through panic attacks. I've been through a whole bunch of stuff when it comes to anxiety, but I really have learned how to manage it the best that I can. So if you're struggling, please reach out. Yeah. And if you haven't already, please subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, the reviews help our podcast grow. They help, it helps other people find this if they're in need. Um, you know, you've got a, you've got a network of people and friends that are probably like-minded, share it with them, put it out there and help us reach as many people as possible. Uh, we keep, we keep up with social media pretty well. We've got an Instagram account at two underscore couple. That's T W F O underscore couple. We've got a Facebook page that's two couple. And we've got a website, www.twofocouple.com kind of serves as a blog. It's also, you can also access our podcast and, uh, I'll think all the other websites and social media handles and stuff like that from there. Uh, so we thank you for being here with us. Look forward to helping you unlock the greatness inside of you. Uh, until next time, I am Matt. And I'm Paige. And we will see you. Bye.